The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Hey, hello out there, and welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm your host, Nora Gedgaudis, and I'm broadcasting to you again, of course, from beautiful Portland, Oregon, and I just could not be more happy to be with you today. Well, not long ago, back in August, we discussed the subject here of neurofeedback for peak performance on the show. Now, unfortunately, we were just extremely limited for time, and we were only able really to scratch the surface of this extremely interesting topic. Well, folks, you're all in luck, because back by popular demand, we again have peak performance and neurofeedback expert Ray Tattenbaum with us to delve deeper into the subject of peak and optimal performance using neurofeedback as really the ultimate brain training tool. Now, we live in an increasingly competitive world where everyone is forced to compete in an ever more stressful and demanding environment. I mean, whether you're an athlete, a performer, a student, an artist, a writer, or even a corporate executive, the health and performance of your brain is what will ultimately make or break you. Anyone can develop a practiced skill set for pretty much anything you care to do in life, but past a certain level of skill mastery, what is it that sets anyone apart from the competition? It's all upstairs. I mean, the degree to which a person can manage their emotional states, maintain a state of centeredness and under stress, um, focus, you know, think clearly and, and know how to get out of your own way, well, that's going to determine the very difference between mediocrity and excellence, amateur and pro, success and, you know, failure. Well, neurofeedback is a tool being increasingly used by really innumerable professionals, athletes and artists of all kinds to get better at the things they already do well. Neurofeedback really isn't about fixing broken brainwaves. It's about using a specific form of brain exercise to help optimize brain function. Now, this in turn helps you feel better, sleep better, function better in pretty much every area of your life. It's a tool that is getting used more and more by excellence seekers all the time. Well, for those of you out there that may have missed hearing our discussion about this last time around, first off, shame on you, but... Ray Tattenbaum is an LCSW and a psychotherapist who is devoted to helping people reach their full potential through the use of neurofeedback, biofeedback, and related mastery techniques. 
Now, with over a dozen years of experience, Ray is a recognized leader in the field of neurofeedback and biofeedback, and she's an innovator of groundbreaking methodology. Now, among her numerous achievements, Ray has been a recipient of the Nortel President's Award for Excellence, and she's an expert in Ericksonian hypnosis. She travels internationally speaking about her program and teaching performance enhancement methods to adults, adolescents, and even children. Hey, it's never too early. I am honored to welcome Ray Tattenbaum back to this show. Welcome, Ray. Thank you, Nora. I was delighted to receive your invitation. Yes. Well, you know, like I say, back by popular demand, we had a lot of great comments on your show, and, you know, the only complaint people had was there wasn't enough of it. So, you know. Well, to all the listeners, thank you for inviting me back. Well, you know, I'm sure they're extremely thrilled to hear you. And, you know, we... I guess the first point I kind of want to make launching into this is that we don't necessarily want to paint the picture here that peak or optimal performance is only for elite performers and big-time executives, right? It's literally for anyone who wants to improve their functioning in the world. Performance is part of everyday life. And the question we have to face as both parents and as performers is what's involved in performance and how do we view, what's our mindset about the different venues in which we perform. By venues, I mean we're performing on a daily basis with our children, with our spouses, uh, in whatever work we do. We're asked to always be attentive, to regulate ourselves, to begin to dissolve any barriers. And we're always asked to manage our internal dialogue as well as be able to enter some kind of a a state. Um, You know, we're talking about really being resilient no matter what the environment is, and the demands are. Ongoing resilience is actually very difficult. The more balanced you become, what happens is that external events trigger and activate responses you had when you were four up to five years ago. And what happens when you've done neurofeedback and used other tools, is that the experience of that activation, whether it's shame, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, is very, very different. Um, One, you're kind of surprised that it's happening because it's not a normal state that you're in. You're in a more balanced state. Once you get over being surprised, which is milliseconds because it seizes your brain when you're overcome with fear, anxiety, or um, inner dialogue, you begin to say to yourself, what kind of tools do I have? And then, of course, part of our training helps you look at, gee, what's the core issue here? What is, what is the core issue I'm dealing with? Uh, and then, of course, what tools do I have to dissipate or unlock this pattern that's suddenly taken over. 
my physiology and neurophysiology. So I like to think of uh, performance in terms of optimal performance. Yeah. Being able to be as much in the moment, present, and easily move through uh, the tasks that we face in our lifetime. Well, you know, it seems to me that increasingly it's, it's those that have access to the best their brains have to offer are the ones best equipped to survive and, and, and maybe even thrive in, say, for instance, a downturn economy and also an extremely competitive workplace environment. I, you know, so how exactly would you go about defining peak performance and how might you distinguish this from optimal performance? What a great question. You know, nowadays, what is performance? Well, if you look up performance in uh, the dictionary, uh, performance equals measurement. Uh, there's some kind of action involved, there's achievement, and there's carrying out and an execution. Now, what happens is that performance is really something about the way we or another event, you know, if something functions. So it, we usually think of it as a presentation or um, theatrical, but it's really about functionality. And what's really interesting is that more and more people mistake ongoing process for performance. And we strive for perfectionism during the rehearsal period. So when you think about what is performance and what is the workout period, well, the workout period, no matter what you're doing, is actually ongoing, and it could, and you have a limited, you know, kind of view. You're learning something, you're setting up something, it's process. You're acquiring a new skill, you're rehearsing, you're testing out new elements. It's got planning and research, and there's an opportunity to do over if we don't approach it with a perfectionist point of view. So doing SAT practice tests are working out. When you are taking it, it's an actual performance. When you're taking it as a simulation um, the week before, it's a performance. So a performance could be a meeting, a testing, a business, a sports event, and it's it's event-driven. There are spectators, there are outcomes, you know, it's competitive. Uh, it should not be competitive academically for adolescents and young children, but it has become. Yeah, so no there's kidding. always something about being on the line and being measured with performance. So if we have the sense that the performance is an action, it's measurable. Working out is the process. When we approach the process with perfectionism, our physiology and our brains become locked. So peak performance is really the person 
who has skills and who is uh, doing an action, and they might be excellent at what they do, and they really love the adrenaline from the experience. (laughs) They are adrenaline seekers, so they could be people who dive out of airplanes, and they're very, very, very practiced at doing that. The people we see starring in Mountain Dew commercials, right? (laughs) Right. At least I hope they are very practiced, you know. I recently, recently made the acquaintance of someone who is an officer in the skydiving, and I uh, jokingly, I was looking for an actress for something, and I said to her jokingly, if you can jump out of an airplane, you can certainly act and perform. <laughs> and she said, Uh-oh. you know, she really had to pause and think about that. She said, no, I can jump out of planes. I can watch and measure people, train people, but I don't think I can be on the stage. So whole different level of fear. Most people fear that that kind of, unless they're practiced or have that in their blood somehow, they fear getting up on stage worse than they fear death. So that's right. And that so peak performance is really about being able to turn your system on for an event and an activity almost immediately, instantaneously. Optimal performance is not only being able to perform that event, but being able to work with people, being able to establish actions, goals, being able to self-measure, being able to collaborate with your trainer, your boss, your uh, spouse. So that's what optimal is more about. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think probably, uh, well, I guess different things we're striving for at, at different moments in our lives, but we really want and need both. Well, we're coming up on our first break here, so everybody, please stick around. We have Ray Tattenbaum from Interact uh, here talking to us today about the brain and peak performance and optimal performance. So please stick around. We've got lots more to come. I'm Nora Gagoutis, and you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Looking for a different kind of health show? One that addresses you and your health? 
Let the blood detective finding healing solutions naturally address your individual needs and questions. Postdoctor Michael Wald has spent over 20 years studying and helping his patients uncover the causes of health problems, solutions, and answers to keep them healthy. Now he's here to help you. Tune in to The Blood Detective, finding healing solutions naturally, live every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show. Well, we're here today with the uh, irrepressible and illustrious Ray Tattenbaum of Interact talking about the fascinating subject of peak and optimal performance. We're talking about what those things mean and how it is we we get there. So um, tell me, Ray, a couple of things, actually. First, I kind of want to – I'm curious as to how you got involved with peak performance and optimal performance work in the first place, how you just sort of found yourself in, in that uh, field. And uh, also, while we were on break, you were talking about – and I, I think it would be a great point to make – the. Uh, the uh, current Nobel Prize winner in, in bio, as you, as you were talking about. So uh, how did you get into this, though, first? I uh, personally have a background in theater, and so I was interested as a uh, terrible actress. I was a terrible actress. That's not what I've seen, but okay. I'm, I'm a very good director. But I was always interested in performance and what made some people uh, effective performers and not effective performers and what made a cast member give a good audition and not be able to deliver later. And I began to trust my inner knowing that if I saw someone who auditioned and then later on uh, was not very uh, effective that I sometimes caught that actually in the audition. When I worked at Northern Telecom, um, there was an emphasis on uh, achievement, and as someone who was singled out for my achievement, I was in flow at that point. I, you know, whatever I was doing, uh, I didn't see it, quote, as performance. As a result of being singled out, I was moved to a group that looked at what is performance, what's benchmarking, what makes good performers. And so I had access to competency studies, 
that corporations look for uh, in members of teams, members of virtual teams, leaders, leaders of virtual teams, and at the outstanding salesperson, and started to work with other people in developing uh, coaching programs for performance. When I left um, the telecommunications field, so you already know that I have two fields already, yeah, you know, the performing arts and business, you know, uh, I um, became intrigued by neurofeedback. And Understandably. <laughs> I, I was candidly finished with talking about issues, and I wanted to do something about my own issues. And as I got involved with neurofeedback and I made this decision to turn down a six-figure salary and open up a small office in West Hartford because I could see from a marketing point of view there was an opportunity to bring the concept of physiological self-regulation and balance uh, to this environment. I had many free hours because <laughs> I'm obviously from New York and I'm obviously didn't have many contacts here because I was traveling for a major corporation. The local university, the University of Hartford, has an outstanding, well-respected international school of music called the Hart School. They now have uh, a significant voice program, uh, acting, and they have a dance program, and I'm part of the adjunct faculty for the dance. So at the time, 14 years ago, uh, this gentleman was uh, giving my daughter some voice lessons, and he learned that I had this performing arts background, and he said, wouldn't you like to do some coaching for our opera students? And so I found myself working with young uh, 17-year-olds who were interested in pursuing professional careers, who had significant anxiety issues, and who had um, lots of inner doubts. When I started to teach, I said to one person, let me ask you, in your last performance, where was your mind? What were you thinking about? And someone raised her hand and said, I was thinking about my pantyhose. <laughs> and she has later gone on to be a very successful opera yeah. uh, singer and has now entered the world of business. Well, as we began to work and to use neurofeedback with her and treat her anxiety or really train her, uh, because it's not, I don't believe neurofeedback is a treatment, it's a training process. I agree with you, yes. And it's a re-education process that sometimes takes uh, a significant amount of time uh, for certain issues. So when we began to use neurofeedback, a major shift happened. Her voice changed. Mm -hmm. And other people started to come to me uh, for the use of what, what tools were, were I using that suddenly the lower and the upper frequency were clearer that you could move from one frequency to the next more readily, that there was an 
easier method of taking uh, criticism. And then I did a um, research project. It's really what we would call a pre-research project um, for Intermezzo. And that was a program. Would you like to hear a little bit about that program? Sure. I mean, it's really fascinating because the land and world of professional singing is so different. But um, what was happening there was 48 people came uh, to this self-contained program uh, for, I think it was a six-week uh, program. And during this program, there were a number of what we would call pre-professional. They were graduates already. Some of them were master's level. And there were vocal teachers, opera performances, accompaniments, uh, people conducting seminars on business, stage directors. And there was a whole program for these people. And this colleague said to me, uh, why don't you come over with that stuff you're doing and let's see... Uh, whether it has a real impact. So we had a um, control group, and we had a group that received the neurofeedback and the open focus. Well, as a result of doing this training, it suddenly was apparent to everyone, and they rated this, that the recital behavior changed, there was improved attentiveness in rehearsals, People were more focused during their lessons. They were better able to take correction, and they were stress-hardy. And, Nora, we did a digital analysis of their voices. That means we did a pre- and post-recording. And what we found was that in the control group, there was no change. That, in fact because of the rigors of the experience, they were more fatigued, their voice was more tired. In the group that uh, did the neurofeedback and the open focus, there was a clear change in um, some of the participants in what's known as the spectral analysis. And there was a clear change in the descending scale, and the harmonics were much clearer and more balanced, and that indicates a more focused um, vocal production. Um, Concurrently, at the same time, um, over in London, at the Royal Academy of Music, they were starting a peak performance program for uh, singers and for musicians. Um, and John Griselier and a number of his colleagues were doing controlled neurofeedback research. And they had a group that um, was evaluated by a team of educators and vocal instructor, and they had a team that uh, went through the neurofeedback and a team that didn't go through the neurofeedback. And what they found was significant improvement in the uh, students who went through the neurofeedback experience. There was increased musicality. We see that there's some research that's been done 
comparing the Alexander technique with neurofeedback for dancers. Um, it's interesting in dance and in the acquisition of, um, you know, learning a musical skill. When you're learning to play the piano or you're learning a skill, what happens is that as you're learning the skill, you develop certain physiological states. So throughout your body, you may develop a certain strain or a certain pressure um, as you're working. And they become ingrained and they become habits. And sometimes the instructor doesn't always recognize and see these habits. Slowly by slowly, there is strain placed on the instrument, the body. And in Alexander and in other tools, they try to unlock that strain. With neurofeedback, what you're doing is you're retraining the brain. So any of those other interventions, when done, take a better hold and have a better chance of succeeding. Um, I'm uh, doing a workshop at the University of Hartford at the Hart School at the end of October uh, 2009, maybe it's the 24th or the 26th. Uh, anyone who's listening can certainly contact uh, University of Hartford, the Hart Division, um, com- uh, Community Education, and that workshop is for educators. Oh, it's a four-hour workshop that will look at when you're teaching music, dance, vocal. Uh, acting, what do you look for in terms of anxiety? How does it present itself as a student comes in? Because anxiety isn't always readily apparent to everybody. Some of my most anxious clients look completely mellow. (laughs) Absolutely, and that's what we need to train our educators to watch for. Well, this is really, really great. Now, we have to go to a commercial break, and so... When we come back, uh, we'll talk more about how it is that you approach peak and optimal performance and what steps you take in your, in your practice to work with these individuals and, and help develop, um, develop this. So right now, uh, we're going to commercial break. This is Nora Goodgaudis. You've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We're here today with Ray Tattenbaum, and we will be back in just a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. 
Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back again to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gedgaudis, and we're here today to discuss peak and optimal performance with neurofeedback and peak performance expert Ray Tattenbaum of Interact. Uh, I will say, Ray, if, if people are interested in getting a hold of you or learning more about what you do, where can they go? So we get that. I want to make sure I invite everyone to come to West Hartford, Connecticut. Um, you can uh, visit me in my office, and we can customize a program for you. You can also visit me on the web. That might be more easy for people. <laughs> All right, so you can either <laughs> Google my name or you can go to www.inner-act.com. So inner-act, and it's the Interact program, and uh, which is a system of technology-based tools uh, that help people achieve uh, more normalization around the area of performance. Yeah, now I know that neurofeedback isn't the only tool that you use with working with all this, and I understand you actually utilize a few other tools and have a six-step approach uh, to training people with respect to peak performance. Can, can you describe what you do in a, in a little more detail? What are these steps? The steps grew out of my own experience and training in the corporate world, in the world of theater, and uh, in the world of uh, biofeedback. So the first step, and uh, all biofeedback and neurofeedback is uh, really building on something called the relaxation process. And that's really 
a process that helps you bring your inner system into balance. And many people, here's, here's the greatest thing about this. Everybody tries to reduce stress. I'm not talking about reducing stress. Mm -hmm. I'm inviting you to learn how to balance yourself and bring yourself into a more coherent state. What is a coherent state? The interaction between your nervous systems and being able just to bring yourself into coherence. You can do that through uh, certain specific types of breathing that are really newly discovered. When I say newly discovered, certainly breathing isn't newly discovered, <laughs> but it's paced breathing. Uh, a tool called heart rate variability teaches you to breathe at a certain rate that is best suited for you to develop this balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. And also, we build upon, for some people, they love certain tools that were developed 40 years ago. They are called progressive muscle where you relax and tense up different muscles in your body or something where you use certain words to induce a relaxed state or a balanced state. So the relaxation process. The second tool that I'm a really um, strong advocate is the open focus process or the open focus brain. And that's all about um, being able to harness um, your attention and Dr. Lester Femi, who's located in Princeton, New Jersey, found that attention was the key to managing physiology. Again, there is no emphasis on stress reduction. It's about training your attention. And you train your attention through a series of questions. I have used open focus for football players, tennis players, I have a CD for golfers, for singers, uh, for businessmen. Open focus is one of the most powerful tools you can begin to use. Uh, and you can learn more about open focus, um, your listeners, by picking up the open focus brain. It's a book by Jim Robbins yes. and Dr. Lester Femi. I had uh, Jim on the show just a couple of weeks ago. Well, I want to heartily endorse. It's a great tool. Yes, it is. And, of course, um, neurofeedback training. And so that's... Yeah, so, so where neurofeedback is concerned in this context, what do you find that neurofeedback can do that maybe some of these other modalities can't? Ah, neurofeedback is really about ongoing self-regulation and self Balancing. It really convinces certain elements in your brain to become unstuck. By unstuck, it's like your own internal reorganization. I have a colleague who likes to call it a recontextualization. It's like taking a puzzle that originally was a chaotic puzzle 
you drop it on the floor, and what we're doing is not dropping your brain on the floor, but <laughs> we're easily able to allow the flexibility of the brain to almost just call into place those parts and to get rid of certain parts that they don't need. Parts and thoughts and behaviors and most of all responses that have become ritualistic, embedded. So neurofeedback, which is using visual and auditory information, is really about reducing variability in the second-to-second process in which we live. Here's what's so great about neurofeedback. (laughs) You know, people who have not been able to get into a balanced state are able to do that with neurofeedback. People who are not able to do mental imagery. I work with some people who are now high-achieving businessmen who were top athletes, and they worked with the best sports psychologist, and they never were exposed to neurofeedback. Once they start doing neurofeedback, a light goes on and they say, now I can imagine myself actually playing this game, seeing the game. It was as if that region had been deactivated. The other thing that's wonderful about neurofeedback, you know, I want, there's so much to talk about, but Seaburn Fisher brought to the field this awareness about the role of attachments and bonding Mm -hmm. and how important the uh, work that was going on in the brain research was in this field. As a result of our relationship, I began to look at the significance of attachment and bonding in performance and how sometimes many of us are more attached, bonded to what our work output is. Mm -hmm. And it's harder for us to be present on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis with people. Now, with neurofeedback, it makes it possible for that part of the brain to be coming on board. And there is a shift from being out, you know, focused on the output in a narrow focused way to being more flexible and to be able to shift into connections with others. So I now ask myself when people come, uh, not necessarily them, but I ask about early attachment and early relationships because I'm curious and I'm interested in seeing if they warm up. Mm -hmm. There is extraordinary research going on now in the use of neurofeedback with trauma. So neurofeedback, um, if we look at it, is a training tool. It's looking at reducing the variability in the brain and central nervous system's response. And it is, I think, the most powerful tool that has come um, online to be available to people due to the reduced cost of uh, computers. 
of course, I have to say that the more uh, technically sophisticated systems uh, are the best at giving real-time feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's just no comparison. Well, we have one more commercial break to go, and I, and I definitely want to get to the your own story uh, in all of this, uh, Ray. Uh, Ray has a very interesting story to tell. So I will ask you guys all to stick around for another minute or two, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute with Ray Tattenbaum of Interact. And you're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gadgautis, and we will be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa, where America learns to invest. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Oh, welcome back once again to the show. Well, we've been taking this hour uh, with Ray Tattenbaum uh, of Interact to talk about neurofeedback for peak performance. So, Ray, you have your own story to tell with respect to neurofeedback, both uh, from your own personal health perspective and also from the perspective of being a playwright and director, too, right? 
It's an interesting story, actually. What I loved about neurofeedback, I actually have been doing this 14 years, was uh, 14 years ago was that it was the first thing that helped me really balance and pay better attention. And in those days, we were always all trying every different placement of those senses on our scalps. And yes, I remember. <laughs> and uh, we, you probably even gave me a session. And yeah, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember any new protocol uh, that's a placement and the frequency you train. I would try it, no matter. And in those days. Um, you know, Sue Othmer and Secret Othmer are certainly leaders in this field, and they were really paving the way. And there are a few other people now that I have um, a good deal of respect for and have branched out a little bit. But any time there was a new placement, we all tried it. Well, um, about six or years ago, seven years ago, um, I was experiencing great fatigue, and I, I had difficulty remembering things, sometimes speaking, and everybody thought it was because of this new placement of the sensors, and they thought it was a result of poor training, and everybody would say, well, maybe that's a result of the neurofeedback. So a colleague said, why don't you come and visit with me and uh, let me uh, do some hyperbaric training on you. After a month of hyperbaric, I was certainly relaxed. However, my symptoms of uh, word recognition, word retrieval, and uh, being able to drive and um, were worse, and my cognition was worse. She was concerned I was showing early signs of memory loss, Alzheimer's, dementia. She convinced me to go to a neurologist, and it was identified that I had Lyme of the central nervous system and already had what's known as lesions uh, in the brain. So the first basic treatment in those days was antibiotics, and you did a naturopathic route also, and cranial sacral and all these things. And we decided, myself and other practitioners who I sought counsel from, that I shouldn't be doing neurofeedback at that time because I'd be shoving, shoving the brain. As I was at a meeting presenting, and believe me, I did not look well, and everybody will still comments about that meeting, uh, I was hearing about a, a different technology platform, and I decided that that made sense to me to train using that. And because we've all learned a lot about Lyme and autoimmune disease, diseases and MS now and are better at uh, using neurofeedback. Well, what happened was because I had access, we had a lot of brain scans of my head, a lot of what's called quantitative EEGs, and I'm going to make the story very short. There was a normalization and a resilience of my brain that took place. That means I had better access to different brain states. I was able to drive. I was able to obviously speak. I was able to learn in a different way. And I saw the significant changes that occurred in my brain as a result of neurofeedback. And we have quantitative data from a single case study as there are many studies on neurofeedback, but of dramatic changes in functionality yep. that, 
better attention, better regulation, better sleep. So I um, was very happy to have these changes and delighted. And interestingly enough, I really rarely, rarely direct now. And in truth, I've written a few things, but I, I really never wrote a play. I, you know, I wrote one piece that was an adaptation of something. And I was asked, I, I was in Vietnam, I came back from Vietnam, and I was asked to write a play that would mark the 71st anniversary um, of the start of the Holocaust. It's called Kristallnacht, the Night of Broken Glass. And I thought that it was a very relevant story to tell today because of what was happening on an international basis and man's continued inhumanity uh, to one another. And I'm very struck by the fragility of life in many countries and by uh, the anger and racism that I see and the fighting over lands. So... I uh, did research, and here's the surprising uh, theme here. As a result of the neurofeedback, I was able to sit and write for two hours at a time. Wow. Actually write sentences. Now, in truth, my syntax did not improve. <laughs> and uh, my sense of tense did not improve. However... I wrote a play that's uh, that's an hour and 15 minutes that everybody keeps remarking about how moving it is, how lyrical it is, how beautiful it is. It's called Darkness Descends. And when it was done, people were surprised. Uh, And that's directly as a result of neurofeedback I'm now directing the play. We open November 7th, 8th, and 9th. That means I have a pretty full day at the office uh, working with people on their own performance. And then I go and I assume the hat of being a director, and I work with the cast. And that's where I'm finding uh, I'm now doing obviously what's called extreme optimal performance because I'm putting in a lot of hours. But that's where I find that when my personal balance gets activated, I have to make sure that I do my breathing, my inner spiritual work, whatever that is, whatever anyone's work is, is fine, and that I I do a session and that I work to on an ongoing basis to achieve my own personal optimal performance. Uh, this play is very exciting. Those people in the Northeast who want to come November 7th, 8th, and 9th, and they can call 860-233-8215, extension 233 for reservations, uh, oh, anyone filming that for Netflix? You know what? I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about <laughs> hiring someone I'd to film to it. I'd love to see it. You know, I could, don't think I could be any further away from you than I am for that. But, <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, uh, it's just interesting. And when um, I actually was brought to tears by someone uh, just this morning when they talked about how beautiful it was. And it's still uh, interesting 
for me to hear because this is a whole new part of myself. Yeah. That I really didn't know existed. I was the kind of writer that couldn't get a paper done. It was, I would start and then I would just, uh, have a lot of disconnected thoughts. Well, you are clearly a woman of many talents. Well, you know, we've arrived at that sad but inevitable place <laughs> in today's show. Where, um, sorry to say, we must uh, we must say a most fond uh, farewell, at least for now. Uh, where does the time go? Once again, Ray, uh, you look fabulous, <laughs> and and you've also you've contributed such a fascinating uh, perspective to this show. Uh, you've contributed so much to the field of neurofeedback and to the realm of peak performance, and it's been such a privilege to have you here. So good luck, too, with that play. It sounds utterly fascinating, and if there's any way you can get that on film, I will definitely uh, be first in line to, uh, to rent the Netflix. Well, thanks very much for the opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome, Ray. And for all of you out there, please tune in to Primal Body, Primal Mind next week, where we'll be having a two-part show. Now, in the first half hour, I'm going to be talking about the whole issue of obesity and weight loss, we're going to talk a bit about how much or how unwanted weight happens, why it happens, and I'm going to be offering some strategies for approaching this issue that don't enslave you to pre-apportioned frozen dinners and stimulant drugs or, or too many supplements, and you can do it all affordably, crazy but true. And in the second half hour next week, we're going to be welcoming registered nurse, neurofeedback practitioner, and chronic pain specialist at UCLA, Caroline Grierson, to this show to discuss the utilization of neurofeedback as a key tool in chronic pain management. Now, this show will really open your eyes to the role that the brain has to play when it comes to pain. So until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to someone wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it's not food for you now either. This is Nora Gadgaudis, and you've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We'll talk to you next week. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship the NTA is the best, most trustworthy, and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at wwwprimalbody primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, 
your total health the way evolution intended and didn't. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.